Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. You know, I started this show four and a half years ago. I say it every time. I started it because I believe that success leaves clues. And when I get the opportunity to sit down with someone who's been successful, I believe that myself as the interviewer, but also you as part of the the community, we're going to pick up an idea, a morsel, a nugget, a thought, and that's going to get planted in our head and success leaves clues. We're going to get directions on how to be more successful. So I started this podcast with no idea that I would still be doing it as we approach that five-year mark. And yet I'm not going to stop because I'm just having so much fun. And today, today's a little different. I know on Tuesdays, it's usually just me talking, but I actually had the opportunity to come and hang out with a friend of mine, a guy named Damian Mason. He was actually on the show about, let's call it, little less than two years ago, but uh, uh, he is here in Austin, Texas, where I live because he is giving a speech to a big agriculture conference. He's going to be the keynote speaker, and the night before he takes the stage, we're going to go out to dinner. So I came by to pick him up at the hotel, and I said, you know what? Let's record a quick podcast because he has just released a book, and I don't recommend a whole lot of books, but I got to tell you, this one, it actually was released yesterday. I am holding like copy number one in my hands and it's a book I've skimmed it it's a book I think we all have to read it's called do business better traits habits and actions to help you succeed and that's what the show's all about right we call the show cool things entrepreneurs do why would you be an entrepreneur if you didn't want to succeed duh so I said Damien can we record a quick episode here because I want to share this book with my world so Damian Mason, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thanks for having me, Tom. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate your positive comments about my book. It is something that I think a lot of your listeners can glean at least uh, 10 or 12 valuable lessons that they can apply to their life and business to be more prosperous. So your background is interesting because you grew up on a farm. What was that like? Yeah, I was raised the youngest of nine children. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The youngest of how many children? Youngest of nine children, big Catholic family. Your parents apparently had a hobby. Yeah, Northeast Indiana Catholic people, and that's what they do. I always make the crack that my father was a monk as a young man. It's a true story. He was in a monastery for two years. He dropped out and became a father the old-fashioned way in very very short order. But yeah, uh, youngest of nine kids raised on a dairy farm in Northeastern Indiana. Uh, I... I live back there part-time now, and I live a couple miles away from where I was raised. My wife and I own some farm ground back there, and I actually own the home property where I was raised, as well as a couple other chunks of ground and my house. And then I also live in the wintertime in Arizona, and like you, I travel all over North America doing speeches at corporate events, and I also do a fair amount in the business of agriculture. So you uh, own all this property in Indiana, and then you uh, own property in Arizona, for the winter, which means you're actually smart. Yeah, I don't like winter at all. I never have. Uh, I've always had kind of a seasonal depression. I think, you know, that's something that maybe your listeners can uh, benefit from also. At a certain point, just be honest with yourself about that which really drives you. Sunshine and outdoors activity really, really is important to me. My energy level, I went for a a workout this morning, walked with my dog, and then I did pull-ups and push-ups and crunches out in my back porch. 
It's really, really important to me. So I couldn't live somewhere year-round anymore that was crummy. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, you do what I do. It's a creative one-man business. You need to have your energy. You need to feel good and 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 be positive. And the warmth and the sun does that for me. So, and then you also spent a lot of years in the comedy world. And people listen to the show know that I've been uh, Mr. Uh, Once a Week Open Mic Night guy. But you were a political comedian. And we talked about this when you were on the episode before. In fact, I'm using my memory. I think it's actually titled something like Bill Clinton Impersonator to Business Professional. Uh, tell us about your time impersonating President Clinton. In 1993, I'm selling lighting fixtures in Southern California. I dressed up as Bill Clinton for Halloween. And I won some costume contests and got some money. And and next thing you know, my company started using me at trade shows and sales meetings. And I thought, you know, maybe I should do this. I wanted to always be an entrepreneur. I wanted to always be self-employed. I didn't think that at first, you know, you get your first corporate job and you're going and eating lobster tail and drinking Foster's draft beers and and the company and the company expense accounts paying for that. And you think, oh man, I could live like this. And then they tell you stuff like another five years of paying your dues. You could be a regional manager in Secaucus, New Jersey. And you think, (laughs) What the hell would I want to be a regional manager in Secaucus, New Jersey for? So I quit my job uh, knowing I wanted to be self-employed. And my two big uh, objectives, really, Tom, were I wanted to be in charge of my compensation. And you can only do that really if you run your own business or are self-employed. And then I also wanted to be more creative. So creativity and compensation were my two driving factors. And you know what's interesting is 25 years later, that's still two things that drive me is creativity and compensation. When I quit my job, I only had three gigs lined up. I would dress up as Bill Clinton. I'd come to your your cocktail party in your basement, or I'd come to your corporate event. I didn't get paid a lot back then. I had $1,200 of revenue contracted, but I thought, you know, now's the time to make this jump and, and make this work. So my business was being uh, and selling political comedy. Well, and that's interesting because, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you had the similarities to look like Bill Clinton, but he also gave you a lot of material because there have probably been some presidents that nobody would want at their corporate booth. Yeah, the 90s were a good time. You know, the economy was roaring and there wasn't the anger that's going on right now. There wasn't this thing where people are just pissed <laughs> off about politics all the time. So the 90s was a good time. I mean, I was a young guy. I was funny. My act grew. You're doing open mic nights at clubs. I did club work for a while, and it became very apparent that political comedy is better suited for corporate and association audiences. It's a little headier. Uh, it's more newsworthy. It's more it's more uh, content from today's, uh, you know, events. And so it's current event. And so we really, uh, me, I guess, made the decision. This is not a club act. This is a corporate act. And it's going to be clean. It's going to be corporate. It's going to be very, very contemporary and current event oriented. And that's where we took the show. And then you go from being a $300 act to a $500 act to a $750 to a $1,000. And then you're just the whole time improving the act, uh, as you know now from doing comedy clubs uh, and open mic nights, you're always working on the bit and then taking a three minute bit, turning it into a one and a half minute bit that still retains the same amount of laughter. And that's what I call compressing. Mm-hmm. Seinfeld refers to it as efficiency. Uh, normal comedy people call it uh, cleaning up the act, tightening up the act. But I was always big on compressing how can we make the 20 minute show have just as many laughs uh or more laughs with uh, you know making a bit shorter so it's interesting because we talked about this before we recorded 
I believe that there is a lot that business people can learn from the world of comedy. Because I think, and you know, I've been a professional speaker for 10 years. I just celebrated my 10th anniversary as this being Congratulations. My, thank you. Of this being my full-time job. I did it part-time before that for a while. But 10 years of my only income source being as a, as a motivational and professional speaker in the business and association world. And yet, what I've discovered in the past 12 months is that the hardest use of the spoken word has to be comedy. It is so much harder. An audience, you know, an audience will stay with me if I'm giving a speech, but if you're doing comedy and you're not there, if you're not connecting, they'll turn on you really quick. Yeah, there's an interesting thing since you and I both make a living talking and writing and various other things that we do, but we go to these events and we're supposed to make their conference a big success and we're supposed to give them nuggets of wisdom they can use for their business and their life. And we do that. I and mean, you and I take it very, very seriously. I know that I do. And I know you do as well. So here's the thing. When we're looking at what we deliver, uh, I still have the comedy side that says this has to be fresh. I can't do canned stuff. I did not know because I came up from comedy. I didn't know that there was people that went around and gave speeches about nobody told the bumblebee couldn't fly and the starfish story. Cut and the all edges this. off the ham. Yeah. I'm a lighthouse. All yeah, those stories. All these old cliche used uh, just it's really hack material. If you did that in comedy, you would never get beyond open mic night. So I came into this more of speaking about business stuff from a comedy perspective. And I thought, holy hell, you mean to tell me that they're still out here doing these canned, ridiculous bumblebee stories? That's terrible. You know, you get laughed off the stage if you didn't come. So comedy is a lot harder. It's 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 very, very much more. I shall, shall I say um, they will they will they'll stand up and throw tomatoes at you more quickly, I guess, in comedy than they will in normal stuff. Plus, when I look at the comedians who break out and have legit careers where they're making money, one of the things is, is that they pay their dues. They work hard they, and they never get cocky about it. I mean, you know, I, I recently watched the episode on, on Seinfeld and he's always writing. I mean, he's always doing it. Even now, you'd think, well, he could just drive his fancy cars around, but he's always putting in the work. And I think that's something that business people can learn from comedy is you don't get to rest on your laurels. No. And in the business of comedy, if you make it a business, I kind of use some examples from the stage with my own audiences. And I say, let me tell you some things you can learn from comedy. In fact, I wrote a blog about it. If you're really bored, dear listener, go check it out. Go to DamienMace.com and dig up the blog, what business can learn from comedy. But, but it's really, first off, you can't rest on your laurels is right. You've got to always be cranking out the next product. How many businesses still do things the same way they did five and 10 and 15 years ago, and they have a product that really is starting to fade and they don't, they don't realize how close to, you know, the edge they are with that being ready to fall off the cliff. Um, also, you must always be willing to throw stuff out. Most businesses fall in love with what they do. Well, we're never going to change that. Why we've been servicing air conditioners our you know, last 40 years. I'm like, yeah, but you don't make any money at it. Uh, in comedy, you learn to chuck stuff and it's, it's hard. I mean, I remember having a bit, I used to have bits that I loved them. And I mean, they were my little things, but you, you know, it's like, okay, I'm not so emotional that I'm not willing to just chuck this, you know, okay, Newt Gingrich jokes go away. Bob Dole jokes go away. Michelle Obama jokes go away. It's just what happens. And a career impersonating Bill Clinton goes away, eventually goes away. Now it almost came back because Hillary almost became president of the United States. And we were joking about this earlier today when I was going with you, when you went down to do your sound check for your, for your client. And I said, Oh, I'm, I'm really sorry. Hillary didn't win. Uh, maybe for a lot of reasons, but uh, I said, I'm really sorry. Hillary didn't win. Like thinking, Oh, you could have come back. And you were like, yeah, 
I don't need that to come back. Now, you know, that's the thing uh, about this career. I, I know that, uh, you know, say, say uh, George Went walks into a bar and everybody says, Norm! I imagine at this point, George Went and I just want to say, you know, Norm's dead. Um, that's the, <laughs> the old issue that... For the millennial listeners, George Went <laughs> played a character named George on a TV show called Cheers, just in case nobody has no idea what Norm, that reference Norm, was. Yes, Norm, yeah. Norm. So George Went probably got tired of being Norm, and I got really good at being Bill Clinton, and I imagine your listeners are probably saying, what's this have to do with me? You do get pigeonholed with your company, with your business. If you're, if you're an entrepreneur doing cool things like this podcast is all about, you know what? You might be doing stuff that's not so cool you might be doing what's comfortable. You might be doing what you've been really darn good at. And you've been doing it for so long, it's what you're known at. You are pigeonholed. You are stereotyped. You are typecast. And here's the thing. I got so darn good at being Bill Clinton. The world saw me as Bill Clinton. My cl- clients and customers saw me as Bill Clinton. And they will. Ne- those people will never see you as the next iteration. Right. No, that's absolutely true. So I'm holding in my hands one of the first copies of Do Business Better, Traits, Habits, and Actions to Help You Succeed. So this book, you've worked hard on this. This is your brand new baby. Came out April 2nd of 2019. Tell us about this book and and, and why is it an important an important piece of information. It was the book that I needed to write because, and, and the best way to describe it really is, you know, I've, I've been out here clanging the coconuts together and hoping a dollar falls out for 25 years. Uh, everybody that's listening to this podcast can relate to that. You know, I quit my job with nothing. I was still paying off college. There was no trust fund. There was no inheritance. There was still just college debt. God, God I wish I had a trust fund. Yeah, all of us do. So maybe not. It would just make you lazy. So there was none of that. So I'm paying off my Chevy Lumina and some college debt. And I'm 25 years old when I quit my job. You learn pretty quickly when you're out there hustling and it's a hustle. So you work on the product and you work on the promotion. So every day was product, promotion, product, promotion, product, promotion. And then after a couple of years, you learn what you're really selling. Maybe you mistakenly believe your product is X, but it's actually kind of X plus X2. You know, it, it changes. So my wife said, why don't you write the book that you wish someone had given you 25 years ago when you were starting out? Wow. And, and it would save them a lot of time. So we go through, all right, what does it really take to prosper commanding your own ship? And I open by talking about an entrepreneur class. This is the cool things entrepreneurs do. So I'll just tell you, I went to an entrepreneur class. I was a guest speaker there. And the kids all thought, the students all thought that what really mattered to be successful running your own uh, business was to have a tremendously well thought out formalized business plan. <laughs> have you ever had a business plan, Tom? Uh, not that I ever looked at again after writing it. Yeah. So th- business plans become antiquated very quickly because you write them and you do so much research and then you put them on a shelf or you show them to your banker to get a loan. And three years later, stuff has changed. I don't believe in business plans. I believe in the four unwavering traits. I think you got to have risk tolerance. I believe you have to have drive and ambition. I believe you have to have resilience and you have to have vision. Those are the four traits that I believe you must possess some at some level and you can accentuate them, but you must possess those. And then it's all about then taking your traits, accentuating them, and then creating good daily habits that make you successful. And that's what the book is all about. What can you do to develop these traits, to accentuate these traits? And then what habits 
can you put into your life and your business to create the life and business by choice? That's what the book's about. Well, and then the last thing it says on here is actions. And that's something that comes up a lot in the work that I talk about is it's great that you have a plan and it's great that, you know, you have uh, an idea, but if you're not taking the action, nothing's going to happen. So, so why do you think some entrepreneurs fail to take action. Yeah, you know, you hear that thing all the time about 51% of the businesses don't exist after five years. And they always say, well, they fail. They don't fail. A lot of times they just give up. You know, you've wanted to give up. I've wanted to give up. So many times. It's crazy. <laughs> There's been times where you just about cry. You're, 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 you, Things are not good. You're going through a bad quarter. Uh, you know, some bad stuff happens. You, you, you know, client relationships, whatever the thing is. I believe that many of these entrepreneurs they have a brilliant idea and they think it's about the idea or they believe it's just about this concept. And what you really want to tell them is after a while, the idea becomes a commodity anyway. It needs to be a constant creation of ideas. And as you said, the last part of it is traits, habits and actions. You get comfortable. You get complacent. You don't want to go and do open mic night. Oh, boy. Things are pretty good right now. Why change? And that's where it's all about the action. No, it's time to go in here and change things up. So uh, I've got a couple more questions for you before I let you go. But first, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So as always, this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. Let's face it, I'm coming up on five years. I never would have got this show started or launched if it hadn't been for the relationship that I created with the people at Podfly Productions. They do all the heavy lifting and the technical work that makes sure that I sound amazing. All I have to do is find really cool guests like Damian Mason, and they make sure that the show gets done. So if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, because you email me and you tell me, I want to start a show, do it, but don't do it alone. Reach out, go to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Damian, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What's the coolest advice that you have in this book? Why does an entrepreneur want to read your book? Why, why is this book cool? The book's cool because it'll only take a few hours. Some of the things the seasoned business person, self-employed entrepreneur, solopreneur will say, oh yeah, I already got this, I already got this. But then they're gonna look at a couple of these things and say, holy crap, I didn't ever view it from that perspective. I talk about breaking down tape. You know, since we're doing comedy and we had a nice discussion about comedy, I, I have a whole thing in there about the need to be self-critical. All this butterflies and unicorns and rainbows, that is a bunch of crap. When you want to be successful on your own, you need to be self-critical. You need to view your product from the customer's perspective. What are they seeing? You think it's no big deal? Well, why would a customer be mad? We got over there and, and fixed a refrigerator. Yeah, you showed up six hours late. The, the poor woman couldn't go to her job. And then also she had to rearrange her child care. You think you fixed the refrigerator. You failed. So the need to be self-critical is a big point that I make in there. I break down sales. So it's very simplistic about how you sell. The other thing is, you know, that I think you would really like talk about exploiting your talent stack. A gentleman named Scott Adams, the creator of Dilbert references the talent stack in at least a couple of his books. And I talk about how you can exploit your talent stack. Everyone listening to your Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast has talents and skills and something that they're not tapping into. And if they just read that and then do the exercise, they're going to say, oh, yeah, why have I not been more exploiting this opportunity or this thing or this strength that I have? Because we all, and I believe this ties right into something you talk a lot about, my dear friend Tom, about potential. Oh, I love the word potential. 
Lots of people have potential. And I point out in there, potential is like talent. Everybody says, oh, they're very talented. You know, talent is useless until it delivers something of value to a paying customer. That's right. Well, I mean, you look at Hollywood as an example. You know, how come Brad Pitt gets $19 million a movie when there's a lot of good looking guys with great abs who are waiting tables on Hollywood Boulevard? In fact, Brad Pitt is older than I am, and he's getting cast in roles to play like 35 year olds. There's a lot of 35 year olds with a lot of talent who want to act. Well, it's because it's not just about talent. Brad Pitt brings pizzazz he brings you know the box office draw and he's a proven entity over and over and over again so it's not just talent talent doesn't get you anywhere no and and i I, there's a lot of stuff in this about talent and i gotta tell you that most folks think that success is predicated on talent and they're doing that because then they give themselves the excuse well i'd be more successful but i just don't have the talent okay i can't sing very well so i'm probably not going to be a singer but lady gaga can sing like crazy and everybody thinks she's just got some natural god-given talent she does to a certain degree but she also still works with a voice coach tom she still works like a maniac on her business which is singing so it's not about talent at all it's about applying your talent through diligent work ethic Right. Well, Damien, thank you so much. Kind of impromptu here to jump on and do this this episode with me. I just I think this book is really good looking. It's got a yellow cover with blue and black letters. Uh, Go and find it. Check out Do Business Better by Damien Mason. Uh, It's uh, published by Wiley. And I will tell you right now, uh, I'm going to get my copy because uh, I need to do my business better. I think everybody does. It'll save you time. And I really appreciate having me on here. Thanks a lot. No, this was great. And thanks for coming back. And hey, thank you for tuning in and listening. I say it every time. If it wasn't for the audience, we wouldn't have a show. So if you like cool things entrepreneurs do, go tell a friend. Almost everyone I find who listens to the show, when I ask them, how did you find it? It's because someone told them about it. So go and spread the word. And if you really like it, go subscribe on iTunes, leave a review. That stuff just makes me happy. Hey, speaking of happy, we're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Damian Mason. I know you're thinking, what? How will you ever find anyone else? But we do it every single time. And uh, while you're uh, waiting for the next episode, go out there and do your business better. Try something new. Put in some action. And while you're doing it, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.